Last time we were together, I mentioned that we're going to look at our destiny, that we have destiny in the Lord. And um, remember, we, we've discussed why do we need to be saved? And God told the man, dying you will die. Surely you will die. Literally meaning dying you will die out of Genesis chapter 2. And um, so that the man was a we are a spirit. We have a soul. We live in a body. When we disobeyed the word of God in the Genesis chapter two uh, and three, our spirit man died. And so that's when he said, dying, you will die. Well, um, now we want to talk about last week. We were looking at being born again, how Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. It's that, that part is like um, Jesus must be born of a virgin and for us to go to heaven, we must be born again because we're corrupted in our natural state. And Jesus was the only sacrifice that's pure and holy and sufficient for our salvation. So don't let anybody ever talk you out of it. I know when I was um, first saved, I got saved at home reading a book. And so I wasn't under a lot of counsel or anything like that. I was just me and the Holy Ghost. And I'm here to tell you, he can take care of us all by himself if he needs to. He doesn't choose to. He likes to use us in his ministry, but uh, he can do it if he has to. And so um, uh, when we get born again, the treasures that are deposited in us, we just really don't even understand. And we were looking at the kingdom last time. And um, I just wanted to share with you a little bit this time. Oh, I was telling you that when I first got born again, I was at home. And I had a friend, and we would have coffee together, and our kids would play together and stuff. And I remember one time, I'm a brand-new baby as far as being born again. I'd been in church through the years, but I would never had been led, had never invited Christ into my life. And so uh, you may be believing on Christ, but not believing in Christ. You know, you might not have ever really invited Him into your life. And so we're sitting there talking, and... Um, she starts sharing with me about reincarnation. And so I'm trying to be open and listen to all sides of things, you know. And uh, I was just sitting there thinking, well, that's true. You know, you get another chance and you get another crack at it. But you know what stopped me is I stopped and I said, but what does that do to the resurrection? I mean, if you, if you just keep coming back until you get it right, what was the point of the resurrection? What was the point of the crucifixion? What was the point of Jesus going to the cross and then being resurrected from the dead if, if, if reincarnation is true? And I just immediately tossed it, tossed it out because uh, it, they couldn't both be true. And so um, the Holy Spirit will help us to discern those things. So the, the treasures that we have now um, because of the deposit. See, I kind of stammer a little bit because I, I there's so many things I want to tell you and I can't get them all out at one time. But the word Christ, the, the things of God are so big, it's hard to put them into words. And and the, the word for Christ is the anointing, the anointed one. Christ means the anointed one, the anointing. And uh, the anointing is means to furnish what is needed. It also is representative, I think, of the presence of God. When you sense the anointing there, you know there's a presence of God. And that anointing is, is Christ 
So when I invited Jesus Christ into my life, that anointing brought into me everything that I'm going to ever need. So the, fur the furnishing of what's needed. And then we have to learn how to believe God in the midst of it and believe it, believe it from the Lord. And so um, we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 1 today and see uh, about that, about our destiny, that we are chosen from before the foundation of the world. And I want to read to you a little bit from, uh, it, this is a, um, a book called The Divine Romance by Gene Edwards. And there's a couple of comments in here that I wanted to share with you. It's, it, this is a poetic uh, view. It, it's put in a po poetic form. And it's his, his revelation uh, to him, what he sees as, as the creation and the cross. It's a great book. You might, you might enjoy it. It's called The Divine Romance by Gene Edwards. But he's, he's going back in time before there was time, before God ever had existed, you know, not before God existed, but before anything else existed, before the angels, before everything. And so he said, and God was alone. And here's God is immense love and he's got no place to put it. And, and it was, uh, it was what he was dealing with. He was passionate, emotional, expressive love that he wanted to give away and he had no one to give it to. In this God dwelling so all alone, there was a paradox. Though he was alone, he was also love. And yet there was no counterpart for him to love. A love so vast, so powerful, yet there was no other than, no other than, there was no other than him. Then life pulsated, light blazed in newfound glory as revelation descended on, in him, ascended in, as revelation ascended in him, as he cried from within the counsel of the Godhead. There can be two. I can have another. I, the living God, shall have a counterpart. So he's, the creation of man is coming in, he's coming aware and he's coming to the point where this is what he wants. He's, uh, this reminds me of, um, one of the scriptures we'll read down here in, in Ephesians 1. I think it's in verse 10. It says, he's pre, uh, we're being predestinated according to the purpose of him who works all things out after the counsel of his own will. God works all things out after the counsel of his own will. And so he's <clears throat> counseling with himself. Let us make man in our image. So he's counseling with the Holy Spirit and with Jesus. And he's exalting in revelation. He consecrated his whole being to this one task to have a bride. Now that right there will tell us, give us motive for praying in our household. God consecrated his whole being to this one task to have a bride. It, that's his whole focus is to have a bride that we be created and made into the image of Christ. And so when you and I participate in prayer, we're joining forces with the Godhead. We're joining forces with the father, the king of all the universe. We're joining works with him. That just gets me. So then it says, but just before he launched his grand design, a very mysterious thing took place in God. Deep within the center of his being, there occurred an event that no other eye was to see, no other mind to conceive. 
Now get this, a thousand million portions of God burst upward in light. Each of these portions of God ignited into flaming brilliance as if to proclaim that each had been chosen, even marked off for some special distant destiny. Having marked off these future destinies, the living God gave himself to, to making real his highest dream. Un, unending self-containment would end. What was his highest dream? It was the one task was to have a bride. So a thousand million portions of God burst upward in light. Each of these portions of God ignited into flaming brilliance. Can you just see the explosion within him of revelation when he's creating man? As if to proclaim that each had been chosen, even marked off for some special distant destiny. Now see, there was a time when I said to the Lord, Lord, I know you love me, but you are love and you love everybody. Why would I be... How could that make me special? I mean, if you just you're just a loving person, you love everybody, so why does that make me any special? And that's when he showed me these things. As if to proclaim that each had been chosen, even marked off. Now these portions are exploding. Each had been even marked off for some special distant destiny, having marked off <coughs> these future destinies, the living God gave himself to making real his highest dream, unending self-containment would end. In other words, he's going to have a counterpart. He's going to have another. But these portions, each of these portions of God ignited into flaming brilliance as if to proclaim that each had been chosen, even marked off for some special distant destiny. So he's shown me that I have a portion that I set aside just for you. Nobody else can fulfill that portion but you. And if your portion, the portion that you fulfill is missing, then I'm sad because it's not like, I don't know if I can make it clear what I'm trying to say, but what's the big deal if you love everybody anyway? Why, am I, why would I think that's a big deal that you love me? Because you love everybody anyway. But he's saying, but I love your portion and nobody else can fulfill that to me. See, Jonathan's sitting here with a camera for me, and God loves Jonathan's portion, and nobody can fulfill that for him. So when we're missing from the table, that portion is missing from the table. Our father is sad, and he's missing us. He's not just loving us because he is love and he loves everybody. He's loving the portion that we have. And, and what we're going to see as we move forward in this is that sin is to miss the portion of. Do be without your portion. Sin equals uh, an offense, but it's made up of two words. One is the negative side, and the other side has to do with a, a portion. It says to miss the mark, and so not share in the prize, to err, to get as a section or an allotment, a divine share or portion. So in other words, to not pick up your portion. The only sin people would end up in hell for is not picking up their portion of Christ that God has set aside for them. Once again, without Christ, you can't, you can't enter into the kingdom. You can't see the kingdom. Why would you want to go if you don't, don't want to be around Christ in the first place? 
So uh, I think we need to think more on, on the, the fact that hell is a real place and real people are going there. And so, uh, you know, and, and the fact is, I'm not trying to put a, a trip on you, but the Holy Spirit is here to help us. I, I know the Lord said to me in the past, sometimes um, when I give him my excuses for whatever I'm giving him an excuse for, and he'll say, but I thought I said anything you ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. Have you asked me about this? Or I thought I said whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. Have you desired anything? Have you, have we talked about this at all? Or are you just accepting what's going on and getting mad about it? He will not let you play games. <laughs> Trust me. But that's the beauty of walking with him through the years. He, he doesn't let us deceive ourselves. Our fallen nature is great on self-deception. We do not want to admit, and, and that's, uh, I decided that when we take communion, the communion, I said, why does the bread come first and then the, the blood? I would have thought that the blood would come first, cleanse us of our sins, and then the bread would come and strengthen us. And, and I felt like uh, he related to me that he lets, lets us take from the bread first so we can face our sin, so we can confess our sin. We need to be strengthened so we can confess our sin. And then the blood will cleanse our sin. But if you, what is it? You can't, he can't forgive what you won't give up or something like that. Anyway. So in Ephesians 1, we'll quickly look through this. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God to the saints which are in Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and the Father of, of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now you see the Father and the Son. The Son is carrying that anointing, Christ the anointing. And um, he said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all the spiritual blessings in heavenly places, according as he has chosen us in him from the, this is the key. He's chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. So um, let me see if I had any more in here. No, I just wanted you to see in this divine romance, the thousand million portions of God that burst up within him. He had a revelation of us before we ever were thought of, <laughs> before it was ever known that we would be here. He had a revelation that was a part of that explosion within him. And he had a revelation of Jonathan. He had a revelation of me. He had a revelation of you. And he was excited. His whole focus was us coming and us being here. And then the fall came. Can you imagine? But he knew it was going to happen. He's chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us into <clears throat> unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted, <coughs> excuse me, in the beloved in whom we have Redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Now, his grace is so important when we understand that grace 
strengthens us and turns our hearts towards righteousness. So uh, that that's what grace does. And so the riches of his grace, wherein he has abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who works all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ, who first trusted in the anointing. The anointing breaks the yoke and lifts the heavy burden, it says. And the anointing in Christ, it literally means to furnish what is needed. Everything you are going to need is in Christ. Everything we need. Now, we don't. We might not know how to get it out and see it play out in our lives, but that's why we've got a teacher. We've got the Holy Spirit with us. He will counsel you and guide you and teach you how to how to um, walk in the principles, how to walk in the science of the kingdom of the next age. Oh man, this whole thing with the pandemic and follow the science. <coughs> the um, this is the science. His word is medicine to our flesh. He says, I am your physician. My word is medicine to your flesh. And I will teach you how to speak right and grow you up. I will teach you how to call on my grace to strengthen your heart and turn it towards righteousness when you need to. And I've had those needs at times. In fact, there's one scripture that we were predestinated according to the purpose of him who works all things out after the counsel of his own will. I remember uh, the one one morning I was uh, a housewife. You know, The kids got off to school. I had loads of laundry to do. I had dishes to, to clean up. The kitchen was a mess. And I'm washing the dishes, and I think, oh, I need to go get the laundry. And then, I, oh, I got to go, go do this, and I got to go do that. And finally I said, Lord, teach me how to work like you do. How do you work, Lord? Teach me how to work like you do. And he took me to this scripture. He works all things out after the counsel of his own will. That's what we were seeing about these thousand million portions of God bursting upward. He's counseling. Let us make man in our image. He counseled with his Godhead. He counseled within himself. He thought about it. When, when God the Father came upon the darkness, he didn't just, he didn't just get emotional about it. He, he hovered over the surface of the deep and he thought about it and he thought about it. And then he said, light be, and light was. He thought about it and then he spoke it out and then the words made things happen. That's the new science of the next age. Amen. We'll continue this next week. Bless you. Amen. What a great teaching. You know, Mary Jean's teaching from her book, Woman Imagine. Years ago when Mary Jean was asking the Lord what her position was in the kingdom of God, he revealed to her the woman's purpose, position, and power. And she's written two books, Woman Imagines being the latest one. And they're great for a daily devotional or for a small ladies group. But if you'd like to get these, the address is on the bottom of the screen. I know they'll be a blessing to you.